So last week we talked about Tokyo Ever After and today we are here to talk about its sequel in the duology Tokyo Dreaming which I I don't know something about the words ever after not something about the words ever after the fact that we have been using happily ever after for years on years on years really makes me think Tokyo Ever After should be the second book except It is the first book, and now we are talking about Tokyo Dreaming. However, it follows Izumi and her family basically right after the events of the first book, and so I don't want to say too much just because, like, first book, second book, I don't know. Like, going into a second book, I feel like you should just know kind of where it starts, and that's it. Like, you just want to see where the continuation of the story is, but follows Izumi and her family, and they're just kind of integration into life now as royals and as a royal family now with her mom and everything and it was just it was such a good book it was a very good follow-up that I think added a lot of layers to the story in the first place and I really appreciated it and so I'm very excited to be talking about it books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. Okay, so as always with the book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing, and I have a lot of similar thoughts to the writing as I had for the first book so it was very very cliche but like in the best way because she's a princess and she's finding herself and she's got her royal family and the expectations and the fact that like she doesn't fit in but the fact that she doesn't fit in is like good for change and everything and like it's just it's it's so fun and basic but basic in like a good way and I think just The biggest thing that I have to say on the writing besides that is I really felt like this was going to be a second in a trilogy. Like, as I was reading it, I was like, even though the time span of what occurs in the book is so short, the things that are happening in the book, I felt like everything was going to wrap up either way too fast or not wrap up at all. And I kind of fell down on the side of it wrapping up a little bit too fast. Like, I think... There was a lot of material here and there was a lot of things that could be stretched out and take up more time like especially with the stuff with Akio like she really just kind of like threw her life into chaos and then wrapped it up perfectly all in a very short amount of time for a lot of things in her life to be kind of thrown into chaos and so I was really thinking there was going to be more because like she's fake dating her tutor and then Akio shows back up and then she's you know going off the rails trying to be too princessy and her mom is struggling and all these things happen and then finally they're just like okay her and Akio love each other and she's studying poetry and she's like figured her life out and her mom and her dad are happy together and I was just like it felt a little bit rushed to me because it just felt like there was a lot that was covered in this book and like you know, I was suspect of Mariko at one point and the Shining Twins, and, like, I liked their relationship building and everything, and I just wanted to have more time because I was already so invested 
in so many of these characters I wanted to have so much more time with them but it was the second in a duology so only two books but yeah I think that is the biggest thing I have to say on the writing besides that the writing is pretty basic it's cliche and cute and easy to read and I enjoyed the book so I'm excited to get to talk about it a lot So now that we've covered the writing, we're going to jump into the plot. And like I said, we picked up basically right where we left off. So Izumi, her mom, and her dad are living their best life in Japan. Her mom is being pretty hidden from the royal spotlight and everything. But then her dad proposes, and it is the most adorable proposal ever. We finally got confirmation, like official, official confirmation, that the greenhouse was built for her because that's where he proposes and it's just so cute and fun and lovely and I really appreciate it and then while we're riding the high of this Izumi is like feeling pretty daunted by college and the fact that like she's really expected to go to college and everything and then Akio out of nowhere just comes and ends things and I was not prepared for this like I knew there was gonna be some rocky issues in their relationship because like it's the second in a duology and like things can't be going good in her home life and in her romantic life like there has to be drama from somewhere and the fact that the fact that it was so soon in the book too that's the thing that really got me about it was it was like early early on in the book Akio ended things and I was not okay because then you know she's trying to move on with her life and she's doing all these things and she's with the shining twins and they pick out this dress for her and she really likes the dress and I was really excited for her but then like Mariko steers her away from the dress and so I was a little bit like um is Mariko now gonna be a bad influence like what's gonna happen here like I was just really confused and then she's like I need to be the one to fix all the problems for my parents because her parents were facing a lot of media scrutiny because her mom is like not a traditional pick for his crown prince what's his imperial highness um the crown prince of japan and so izumi and all of her best izumi glory is like oh i know what i can do i can fake date eriku because he is very much like someone they would pick for her after everything with akio so she's like yeah let's fake date like we don't have feelings for each other obviously and they're going out on these like extravagant dates like they go to tokyo disney and they go out all these places and i was just not supportive of this relationship at all because i was like there's no way the fake dating will actually stay fake dating like obviously it's fake dating they're going to end up real dating and i was like first of all so soon after akio second of all like i eriku was a good person And that's what made it so hard was because in an alternate universe where there was no Akio, I could see her with Eriku. But I was still so fucking sad over the loss of Akio that I was like, fuck this man. He doesn't deserve her. Like, no, no, no. So, yeah. There's that. And then, of course, you know, drama escalates more and... There is a broken priceless vase because her and the Shining Twins like get into this tussle and situation and then they end up being shipped off together and I actually liked this like the manual labor the bonding like the fact that they were just in this 
I think it was a monastery together and, like, forced to spend time with each other. Like, I, I didn't like them as antagonists of the first book because I think when you're considering a book about royals, like, it's pretty, not cliche, but it's, like, you would want the princesses to get along, but, of course, they're tearing each other down because, like, that's what society wants. Society wants women to build each other up by tearing other women down. And so I appreciated that they got time to mend their relationship. But then, of course, they come back, and Tamagotchi is a traitor because Tamagotchi bonds with Eriku's dog. And I was like, I'm so happy Tamagotchi has a friend, but also Tamagotchi should know better than to bond with Eriku's dog because Eriku's the enemy. And then they end up kissing in the club. And then Nora is finally able to come. I was sad that this was the second and last book and we didn't get the entire Asian girl gang to come out. Obviously, I know, like, things are complicated because they were all in college, but I was like, you have the money and the power, like, you need to fly these girls out because, like, I miss seeing them. And, of course, they come out and the vibe is off. And, like, that was also a big part of why it felt like the second in a trilogy because I was not prepared for Nora and Izumi to make up as quickly as they did like obviously I was happy that they did and like looking back on it relationships like that and friendships like that like it's so much easier to make up so quickly because you have such a history and like you don't want to stay mad at your best friend and so I appreciated that aspect of it but also I didn't like that the time there was stilted and off and like Nora was like you're being someone you're not but Azumi was like I have to do this and stuff and this is kind of really where I felt like it was the second in a trilogy and I didn't really like it and then after all this craziness Akio shows up and she's crying and he's like I'm gonna fight for her and of course Eriku has to be like yeah well he's not the only one that gets to fight for you I'm gonna fight for you too because I really like you and I was not happy with this and then of course all of this is happening while she's like you know she's trying to do botany she got into school and then her mom's just breaking down because her mom is not cut out to be in the royal life and that is fine like her mom knew this at the very beginning she was like i'm not cut out to be a royal that's why i'm running away but also like she gave azumi choice and azumi is choosing this life but azumi is only choosing some of the things she's choosing because she thinks it's gonna make her mom happy and her mom's like no like that shouldn't happen and so it does bring them together I liked that they got away to the Shining Twins like sanctuary but also I didn't love the fact that her mom wasn't talking to her dad because I was like you guys should work through this together because like at the end of the day I really wanted them to stay together and they did and they had a really private ceremony and everyone was really really happy and I was over the moon about that but then you know still there was a lot of emotions like I said these were a lot of emotions that we worked through in a very quick amount of time that I felt like could maybe be stretched out because then as soon as the ceremony is done it feels like she goes and she finds Akio while he's on base which this was so 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 adorable she finds him while he's on base and while he's in a plane and she's like I love you you're such an idiot like we need to be together and they sneak off into the little hotel and have their night together and she decides she's gonna study poetry because life is a poem that she gets to write and I had all the happy cozy fuzzy feelings after that but what I was about to say before that was like a lot of big emotions you're working through at the same time and the thing with um Akio on the airbase reminded me of fourth wing 
mostly because there was flying and like a military base involved and iron flame is coming out as i'm recording this tomorrow i'm pretty sure and i'm so fucking excited for that book and so like that added to my excitement because i thought of this like while i was while i was reading i was drawing the parallels between fourth wing in this book and so I was like oh my god iron flame is coming out soon happy more feelings for that and so the end was just like a crazy amount of happy feelings and I loved like thinking back on the push and pull between expectations and her goals because I think that's something that's really topical for me right now with the the future at my feet as a senior in college and you know she pulls weeds and she's making her own trail and she's doing the hard thing and I think that was a lesson that really hit me which it's so weird sometimes how you think about how young adult books like are still teaching me lessons as a 21 year old but I think that's some of the beauty of young adult and so on that note to wrap up this episode this series is not a series that I'm going to be like shouting from the rooftops like oh my god this is amazing everybody has to read it but if I see somebody ask me about it or see somebody in a store pick it up, I'm like, that's a cute little series, like, you should read it, and it's deeper than you think it's going to be, and I think that is kind of the best thing I can say about this series, like, it just, it's cute, and it's fun, and it's light, but it also, like, does touch you, and does hit you in weird ways, and I think that's what good YA is supposed to be, it's supposed to be accessible depth, And so I really enjoyed this. I'm excited and happy that I finally read it and now getting to talk about it on the podcast. And I need to go read more Amiko Jean now because I actually really enjoyed these books. So yeah, I've been Maya Ghosh and this has been my take on Tokyo Dreaming by Amiko Jean. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.